Hello and welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Pustiowski with FreedomMentor.com. Today's podcast, Creative Real Estate versus Traditional Investing. Are you a creative real estate investor or are you more on the traditional side? Well, in this podcast, we're going to talk about the differences between the two, the pros, the cons, and which one may be right for you. All right, so let's first take a look at what each one of these looks like. For the traditional investor, they're the type that's going to buy investment properties on the MLS, the multiple listing service. They're going to find deals by calling up a real estate agent. They're going to buy those foreclosures that are listed on the MLS. They may even buy properties from wholesalers. They're typically going to get into bidding wars with other buyers at times. They may use big earnest money check down payments to get the properties under contract. In order to get loans, investor loans specifically, they may have to put up large down payments, 20 to 30%. If they're going to apply for bank loans, they're obviously going to have to give the loan underwriters their uh, proverbial firstborn child, or maybe they're going to pay all cash for the property. They're typically going to make tons of offers in order to get a few accepted, They're the type that's constantly going to be looking at deals, either in person or on the web, and evaluating which deals to work on, which ones not to, and they're typically going to be negotiating based on price. Does that sound like you? Okay, well, let's also talk about the creative real estate investor. What do they look like? Okay, well, they typically find deals by marketing for motivated sellers. They typically get to the deals before anybody else knows about them. So they have little or no competition to deal with. They work directly with the sellers. So they're typically not buying properties where there's real estate agents involved. They're usually putting down very little earnest money, $10 or less. They rarely use down payments. They don't fill out loan application. They buy properties with owner financing. Uh, They take over existing mortgages subject to They make several offers on the same property. They typically create bidding wars, but that's when they're selling their properties. They try to turn every motivated seller lead into money, even if it's a bad deal, by simply assigning it to another agent or or to another investor. They use transactional funding, private money, hard money lending. They rarely look at properties unless they're going to actually get them under contract, and they typically negotiate based on price and or the best terms. So that's kind of the difference between the two. Hopefully you can kind of get a picture of that. Now what I want to describe is is kind of the pros, the cons, the, uh, the biggest challenges, what the barriers to entry are. So really, when you boil it all down, the biggest barrier to entry to creative real estate investing is education. And the biggest barrier to entry for traditional investing is money or the ability to borrow that money. And that's really where the two scales are. Okay, that's where the, the that's where the main divide is. Now, I, although I'm a bit biased and I am going to be more on the creative real estate side, it doesn't mean one's better than the other. They're just different. Okay, And so one may be fitting better for your life than another, uh, but it doesn't mean one's better than the other. They're they're different. And so let's talk about creative real estate as it relates to uh, acquiring this education. That's not necessarily easy. Number one, you have to find the right education. There's a lot of bad advice out there, right? 
And so you need to find the right advice. And it's also typically going to cost you some money. I mean, get what you pay for in life, right? I mean, these podcasts are amazing. I hope you gain a tremendous amount from them. But to get the full breadth of information and knowledge to do these deals and make a ton of money, you probably can't do it all just from these podcasts. So you're also going to have to get a mentor or a coach because in addition to the books and the courses and the trainings, you're also going to need somebody who can walk with you along that road of going through these deals together. That's going to be part of your your, your education. And third, you're going to have to carve out some time in your schedule to actually learn this stuff. You're going to have to take action. You know, one of the things about going to college or, or, or taking some correspondence courses is it's it's something that is scheduled, it's rigorous, and, you know, typically the professor is going to make you study so you can get past the test. Well, this is a little different. Nobody's making you do anything. You're going to have to make yourself do it. I think this is the thing that really stumbles, um, uh, it really puts people in a, um, in a big challenge of a situation more than anything else is when they want to make a change, they want to make a change, they invest in the right education, the right mentor, the right coach, and then they don't do anything about it. It happens all the time. And uh, just a, a quick aside, if you ever wanted uh, to learn the best way to get off of your blessed assurance and get something done, <laughs> uh, you may want to check into some Tony Robbins trainings. He's got some of the best out there. So assuming you have the right education, you still have to take action. And that's the big barrier to entry for creative real estate. Now, on the other side of the coin, let's talk about the barrier to entry with traditional. It really is money. Now, although you can get private money from a private money resource, typically most people are going to use their own money. Maybe it's a retirement fund. Maybe it's the selling of a business. Maybe it's an inheritance. And maybe it's leveraging someone's good credit and their finances to be able to borrow the money. Or, you know, they're they're just sitting on a lot of money and it came from who knows where, right? But that's that's where traditional investing is is separated. You gotta have the money or the ability to borrow the money. And that is either is gonna be very risky or it's or it's gonna be something you were blessed with from the very beginning of life, right? You just you were born into a ton of money, right? And so then the idea is, well, do you need education? Well, sure, you need a little bit of education to do traditional investing, but it's not rocket science. I mean, let me tell you what the traditional investing formula is. Go hire a real estate agent to find you some deals. Make a ton of offers, low offers. Get at least one accepted. Buy the property, fix it up and sell it, or buy it and rent it out. And repeat. And that's really about it. I mean, it's that's that's all there really is to it. So creative real estate, on the other hand, is a completely different animal. There isn't a simple formula. There's so many different facets to it, so many different angles. So uh, once again, uh, what you're looking at here is money versus education. Now, for some people in life, they don't have a choice. Now, I didn't when I first got started. I was homeless, right? So I, I had to go the creative investing route. Now, is it possible somebody could have given me a bunch of private money and I could have gone and done some traditional deals? I guess so, but who's going to invest in somebody who's living out of his truck, right? Uh, it's, it's not easy to get private money. Not that it's impossible, but it ain't easy. And it's not easy to get a lot of it. You know, usually a little bit is what you use for some of the creative deals you may do. Um, okay, so which one's better? Well, they're both good. All right, I'll, I'll say this. There's some huge benefits to the traditional side, uh, one of which 
is that you can buy a lot of properties really fast. So if you're in a market uh, situation like we are right now where the property values are, are much lower than, than potentially they should be and they've, they've gone through a big uh, bursting of a bubble, then you can buy a bunch of properties real fast, whereas creatively you can't really buy a ton of properties really fast. So that's what a lot of the large hedge funds, uh, private equity firms in Wall Street are doing right now. Believe it or not, they're buying single-family homes. They're buying foreclosures in bulk. They're buying properties off the MLS. It's happening. They've got access to the money, and they're buying properties. They're a traditional investor right now. So that is a huge benefit. Another benefit is you can buy properties for long-term wealth building, like for rental properties, a lot cheaper than you can if you're doing a creative technique. Here's why. If you go up to a seller and you're going to buy their property, you can offer creative terms like they become the bank as an owner financing or you take over their loan. But if that's the case, they're typically going to want a higher purchase price than if you say, I'm going to pay you all cash today, right? So if you can pay all cash, you can buy the property cheaper. So there's a nice benefit of traditional investing. You can get properties cheaper. And if you do um, any absolute auctions where they absolutely have to auction it off at that point in time, they can't. If, if the if the bid is not uh, high enough, they can they can't pull it. Absolute auctions, you might get an amazing deal, and that again you have to have cash right then and there. So there are some big benefits. Now let's look at some of the benefits of creative real estate. Uh, one of the major benefits, if not the major, would be that you can make a whole lot of money with it without a bunch of cash and credit. I mean, you can make a fortune starting from nothing, which is what I did. Okay, so that's beautiful. Uh, another thing you can do is not have to deal with the competition. I mean, you look at some of these traditional investors right now, and they're they're uh, panicking. You know, the sky is fine. The sky is fine. Why? Because all these hedge funds are coming in and buying all these properties. And these mom-and-pop traditional investors can't compete. Um, now, ironically, as a, con- as a creative investor, they're not a competition for me. In fact, they're a benefit because I can flip these properties to them. I can flip properties to these hedge funds because I'm getting to the deal before anybody else knows about it. So it actually, for the creative investor, the more uh, traditional investor competition there is, the better there is because you can create bidding wars and try to flip these properties to the traditional investors that you tie up. And I would say uh, another huge benefit of creative real estate investing is how steady it is. It's consistent. Why is it consistent? Because... Creative real estate investing is all about motivated sellers. Motivated sellers, as I define them, are created by extenuating circumstances that are typically external to real estate. Life challenges such as divorce, illness, financial problems, death, job transfer, downsizing, upsizing. Life challenges and changes are what create these opportunities for creative real estate investors. And These are things humans are going to be dealing with for eons, right? So there's a lot of consistency with creative real estate investing. And and I really, really like that. So it's a business you can build. Now, obviously, if traditional investors learned all the tricks of the trade that creative investors do, well, then creative investors would be in trouble. But I would argue that most people don't go to the extent to learn and educate themselves uh, to such a degree to really know how to be a creative investor. Okay, so uh, where do I land on this scale? Um, ironically, even though now from a financial position I can be a traditional investor, I prefer to uh, invest creatively still. And a couple of reasons. that Let me give you one example. I would rather pay a little bit more for a rental property where my name was not on the loan than to get it cheaper where my name was on the loan. And uh, I learned this from Andrew Carnegie, actually in his autobiography written about a th- 
100 years ago, he said that you should never personally guarantee a business loan. And I consider a mortgage on an investment property a business loan. So applying Carnegie's rule, I avoid getting bank loans for properties that I purchase. And another example of that would be a lot of times I don't buy properties, uh, totally renovate them and resell them. I will actually uh, flip them and do what's called prehabbing. And you can learn more about that. In fact, I've got another podcast about that called The Secret to Flipping Houses. So I stick to the creative side of investing uh, even now. And it's not that it's better. It's just that it's it's what I'm comfortable with. It's what I'm used to. I see there's a couple more benefits uh, outside of the traditional side. But, you know, sometimes sometimes you have to go the traditional route. If you got a lot of money and you want to invest it, you know, sometimes it may be nice to to use that uh, part of that money for some for some deals. So it's not always one or the other, uh, but in general, I definitely uh, err to the creative real estate side, and there's definitely nothing wrong with traditional. So um, which one are you, or which one would you like to be, and which one do you think is better? I'd love for you to head over to my uh, my blog at uh, freedommentor.com. Uh, leave some comments. I've got I've got the uh, the post up there on uh, creative uh, investing versus uh, versus traditional. So head over to freedommentor.com. Let me know what you think. And thanks so much for listening to this podcast, Real Estate and Investing in the Real World. I'm your host, Phil Pustiowski with freedommentor.com.